Remember the good old days before Microsoft Word had autosave? You'd type up some important document and then your computer would freeze and you'd lose hours of work just because you forgot to hit save? Well, that's what it's like going online without ExpressVPN. Every time you're connected to an unencrypted network, whether it's in an airport, a hotel, a cafe, or anywhere, your online data is not secure. Any person on that same network who knows what they're doing can gain access to your personal data. Bank logins, credit card details, passwords, all the stuff you don't want people seeing. Unfortunately, hacking has become much easier than it used to be. People don't even have to be exceptionally skilled to do it, and there's a lot of money to be made by selling your information on the dark web. ExpressVPN stops hackers from stealing your data by creating a secure, encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet. It's incredibly easy to use. Once the app is running, you literally click one button to get protected. And it works on your phone, laptop, tablet, and more, so you can stay protected on the go. I've been using ExpressVPN for a little while now, and I can rest easy knowing my info is safe and secure. I've heard horror stories of people who've been hacked, and it sounds like a massive pain to try to get any resolution in the aftermath, so I am not interested in finding out what that process is like. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slashfilm, and you can get an extra three months free. expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Home Daily for Friday, May 7th, 2021. On today's episode, we're going to discuss the latest film and TV news. This is Slash Film Editor-in-Chief, Peter Serretta. And joining me on today's podcast is Slash Film Weekend Editor, Brad Oman. Hey, that's me. And writer, Chris Evangelista. Hello. Sounds like we have, like, a police siren in the back. Yes, the sirens are coming for us. We better scram. They're coming to bust up this show. <laughs> well, it's Friday, so it, it's, it's it's about time, Chris, yeah. is what I'm saying. <laughs> Let's start with some news that came today because, Chris, I'm not sure if you know this, but we're, we've reached the halfway point towards Halloween. I do know this because uh, I care about these things, so I'm very excited about this. Is this the first year this has happened? Because I see multiple... Like now, big companies celebrating this. And I never knew that this was like a thing, like the halfway to Halloween I, point. I think it's like slowly becoming a thing because I remember hearing about it last year. I think like everyone just so desperate for <laughs> for stuff. <laughs> so they're like, all right, we'll just still do this now. Halfway to Halloween. That's a thing. Yeah. I mean, any more Halloween, I'm happy to celebrate it. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, part of Disney's announcements today is a new Muppet special, which I am very excited about. Brad, tell us about it. Yeah, Disney Plus announced uh, a new Muppet special that will be coming uh, on Halloween, and it's called The Muppets Haunted Mansion. So we'll have the Muppets, and we'll have the Haunted Mansion from Disney theme parks, and they're coming together for some kind of special that will be available on Disney Plus. Um, we, we don't know much other than it'll have the usual thing that the Muppets are known for, which is celebrity guests, uh, original songs, and of course the Muppets themselves. Um, we don't know how long it is or, um, but, uh, the one little story detail they gave us is that, uh, Gonzo will be spending, um, a night in the haunted mansion as a, a sort of a challenge that's given to him. Ooh. Yeah, they, they released like a little teaser clip to announce this, but it wasn't like even set in the Haunted Mansion. It felt like it was thrown together at the last minute to me. Yeah, I, well, not necessarily thrown together at the last minute, but I feel like maybe like it was something they had to do virtually or something like that. Because even the audio sounds like it was like recorded at like the like the, the voice actors like house or something. <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't sound um, all that great. And it's just Gonzo and Pepe the King Prawn standing like 
in in what looks like a set but could easily just be a background that they put behind them you know yeah well i can tell you this you know i love the muppets i love the haunted mansion the haunted mansion is one of my favorite disney attractions so both of them together i am super excited i just hope that this isn't uh, a thrown together tv special which you know ten, it used to happen a lot more often than it happens nowadays it seems like people are putting more effort into these things but um I, I don't know the muppets have a an iffy track record of tv specials there's some that are good some that are bad chris i know you're a fan of the muppets i sure am yeah what what, what are your thoughts on this i'm excited about this uh, i the only complaint i have is this ad or the commercial or whatever, the trailer, it was Gonzo and, and Peppy. And it's like, where the hell is Gonzo and Rizzo? Like, that's the established partnership. We we put them back together again. I don't need this. I don't need Peppy, the, the King Prawn. I want Gonzo and Rizzo in the Haunted Mansion. That is exactly what I want. But beyond that, I'm excited about this. Like, I'm not a big Disney parks guy, but I love the Haunted Mansion. You know, I, when I went there as a kid, I loved going on the Haunted Mansion. I love just the design of it. You know, I love the idea of the Muppets hanging out in the Haunted Mansion. And I really hope if, you know, if they're doing that, this thing where they have like big people show up for like a one minute cameo, I really hope they get like Guillermo del Toro in there. Cause that would be like the, the amazing sort of wink to the audience because he never got to make his Haunted Mansion movie, but he's in the Muppet Haunted Mansion movie. So that's, that's my request, Disney. Make it happen. Yeah, I would love that. He spent years trying to make that movie happening yeah. or make make that movie happen, and now it's gonna you know be a TV special with the Muppets. Yeah. So. Well, they are making uh, they are making it yeah. a separate Haunted Mansion. I forget who's directing it now though. It's a uh, well, it was written wasn't it, uh, the guy that or the the woman that writes uh, Paul Feig's stuff? I think I could be <sighs> wrong. It's escaping me. I, I, her name yeah. is escaping me. But um, I, I'm also wondering: Do you think that they're gonna like? you know create the haunted mansion on a sound stage or a, well I, I guess probably that's expensive for a tv special or are they going to find a location to substitute as the haunted mansion or do you think they'll have all these these muppets and celebrity guests throughout the actual attraction well i i hope they use at the very least i hope they use the the set design of the attraction if they can't actually film there also it's just throw in here uh justin simeon who directed dear white people is currently oh, yeah. directing the haunted mansion movie Yes, but yeah, I I I don't know how they could use the real haunted mansion because the, so much of it is a facade, and you know there there's like gears and stuff, and like there's stuff that you don't see when you're on the ride. But yeah, I don't know how you film in there without you know shooting like you know the tracks and stuff like that. So I don't know. Also, you know, it's Disneyland and Disney World are now open, so yeah, I'm not sure too. where you like, find the time. Yeah, I guess at night when they're closed, maybe I don't know. Yeah. Okay, let's move on. We've talked probably way too long about this uh, Disney Plus TV special. W- when is that coming out? It's coming out uh, probably in October, I'm assuming, Brad? No specific release date, but it will be uh, sometime this fall. Okay, uh, let's move on. Let's talk about this this film that was announced, Time Cut. Chris, I know you're kind of excited about this. Tell us about it. I am. So Time Cut is going to reunite uh, Christopher Landon and Michael Kennedy, and they just work together on uh, the wonderful slasher horror comedy Freaky. Uh, They both co-wrote that movie together and Christopher Landon directed it. 
and now they're they're getting together again for a film that seems like it's like cut from the same cloth and it's it's called time cut and we don't have a full plot synopsis but what we do know is it's being described as back to the future meets scream which is like a great <laughs> attention grabbing sort of thing i'm i'm immediately interested in this uh when I read your story, I was like, oh, my God, it's Scream meets Back to the Future. And then my second thought, Chris, was, wait, what is Scream meets Back to the Future? Uh, I guess like a slasher goes back in time and invents rock and roll at a school dance. That's what I'm guessing happens here. <laughs> but um, Christopher Landon is producing this one. Michael Kennedy is co-writing it. Uh, Hannah McPherson is the person who's directing it. Uh, so it's not like the exact same setup. It's not like the same director, but the idea of them coming together again to make another inventive slasher movie has me excited because I loved Freaky and uh, I love uh, the Happy Death Day films, which Christopher Landon directed. So I- I'm all in on this one. I know you've talked about Freaky on the water cooler before, but but I'm assuming many people probably haven't seen it. So what is what is your quick pitch on Freaky and why it's good? Uh, I really hope they've seen it, but the quick pitch is um, you could just say it, it's freaky. It's the movie Freaky uh, Friday, but with Friday the 13th thrown into it. So Freaky Friday the 13th, if you will. It's a body swap thing where uh, a teenage girl is about to get killed by a slasher. And then through movie magic, she jumps into the slasher's body and the slasher jumps into hers. So now there's a a serial killer walking around as a teenage girl while the serial killer is um, stuck. The serial killer is stuck in the teenage girl's body and the teenage girl is stuck in the serial killer's body. And the serial killer is played by Vince Vaughn. So that means Vince Vaughn spends the whole movie acting like a teenage girl. And it is very funny. Yeah. I I still got to see that. That's on my list. It makes me wonder how many more inventive mashups can this team come up with? I don't know, but I'm, I'm all for them. As long as they keep doing it, I'm going to keep watching. Dave Batista has been doing some press recently, and he was asked about the future of his Guardians of the Galaxy character, Drax, and we have some information. Brad, tell us about it. Yes, well, we know Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is on the way. James Gunn is writing and directing, um, and as he's talked about, uh, the movie is intended to sort of be the end of this uh, iteration of the Guardians of the Galaxy. So... When it comes to Dave Bautista's place as Drax the Destroyer, um, he said that it sounds like Guardians of the Galaxy 3 will likely be the last time he plays Drax. So it seems like we'll probably be saying uh, goodbye to these characters, at least for the time being. You know, there's always a chance they could come back in the future of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But it seems like, uh, you know, this team will, will finish their story arcs and go their separate ways. Whether or not we get a new team, or if this is simply the way... Uh, the franchise ends, especially since we have new cosmic um, franchises beginning with, you know, Captain Marvel and the Eternals. Um, and then the, you know, the Captain Marvel sequel, the Marvels is on the way. So uh, this might just be the way the Marvel Cinematic Universe is uh, expanding. But at least the good news is we'll get more Guardians of the Galaxy before Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, because not only are they appearing in Thor Love and Thunder, but there's the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. So we still have three more appearances of Dave Batista as Drax the Destroyer, not to mention the rest of the Guardians of the Galaxy. So that's good news. Yeah, I think the most interesting part about this is he pitched a spinoff starring Drax and Mantis, and uh, Disney was like, D- not a chance. So I, would you have liked to have seen that? Um, Probably not, only because I feel like 
Drax and Mantis work as supporting characters very well, but the sh- yeah. the shtick between them, I think, would get old pretty quickly if we had to follow them for an entire movie. Yeah, you, you see that often when you take like uh, you know Johnny Depp in the Pirates movies, and you're like, oh, let's make the support, you know, him the the star of the movie. Oh, no, that doesn't work. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, but this doesn't mean that Drax is going to die in this final movie, right? There's always a chance uh, that he could. I mean, um, but at the same time, most of the characters who have uh, seen death in the Marvel Cinematic Universe haven't been major characters like this. Or if there have been major deaths, there's always the possibility that they could come back. Um, But so maybe, I guess, is my answer. (laughs) (laughs) Brad, you are being so wishy-washy here. I mean, you want to see Drax die or not? What's do I do I want to see him die? Yes. I mean, I I I don't know if want is the right word. I um I I feel like it would be nice to see, you know, Marvel do something bold and like have their have their characters go out like that. You know, I mean, Avengers Endgame did um kill off Tony Stark and as put, you know, Steve Rogers in in retirement essentially. So uh, beyond that, you know, we haven't lost a lot of major characters, so it, it might be interesting if that happened, but I feel like James Gunn probably cares about his characters too much to kill one of them like that, so it, it's probably unlikely. I would say this. If, if any of the characters goes down in a blaze of glory, I feel like that would be Drax. But at the same time, you know... The only way I, I think it may, maybe it would work is if if it's something that he is, like willing and ready to accept, especially since he lost his family to to, Than- yeah. to Thanos, and that might be a fitting end for him. I feel like it would have been a fitting end for him to go out in the blaze of glory killing Thanos, but, you know, that didn't happen. So, okay, uh, let's move on. Let's talk about movie theaters. You know, movie theaters are reopening. My, my local AMCs are open every day of the week, Brad. I know you're jealous because yours is only open on the weekends. But uh, yeah, it sucks. <laughs> it seems like movie theaters now don't need to disinfect the the theaters in between screenings. Chris, tell us about this. Yes. Yeah, so NATO, the National Association of Theater Owners, has updated uh, the you know the safety guidelines for movie theaters. Um, up until now, theaters were were tasked with disinfecting theaters in between every screening at a screening ends, you got to go in there and spray a bunch of disinfectant around. Now NATO says uh, theaters should just be quote consistent with existing CDC state or local guidelines. And those guidelines boil down to basically you should clean not even disinfect, just clean the theater at least once a day. Uh, but you also, you know, this sounds like slightly alarming, like, Oh no, but you should take this news with both the news that there's never been knock on wood, but there's never been uh, a COVID infection tied to a movie theater. And on top of that, uh, variety broke this story and they reached out to a bunch of theater owners and theater owners are saying, even though they don't have to do this anymore, they're still going to pretty much just keep disinfecting in between screen screens, sort of like for peace of mind. So uh, don't panic. You know, I, it sounds scary, but it seems like this is, you know, everything is still pretty much on the up and up. Now, I'm not a scientist, Chris. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, I so I'm saying that as, you know, before I, you know, stick my foot in my mouth here. But the CDC has also said that they're they have yet to find a case 
that is spread through touch. So I, I don't know. I feel like all this disinfecting things that we've been doing for the last year plus. I mean, it did help. I'm not saying it didn't help because it helped uh, keep people out of the hospital because there's other viruses like that can spread through touch. Uh, and, you know, when the hospitals were at capacity, that was a big issue. But should we really be worried if movie theaters stop disinfecting the seats? Because I don't know, I, I just don't feel like it does any. I don't know. Me personally, you know, I, I'm going to theme parks recently and seeing them, you know, spray each car in between. I I think it's theater. I think it's theater to, like, make us think that it's safer than it is and is really not doing much of anything. Right. Well, and at, the, and at the same time, the only time I've been to the movie theater in the last uh, year plus was to see Tenet. Right. And when we were there, uh, you know, I didn't smell it, but uh, Kitra was like, oh, my God, it smells like chemicals in here. We looked like and like the seats were like all wet and stuff like that. So it's not like the optimal experience. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm asking Chris, what, what do you think of this? Well, you know, before this, this turns into an episode of the Joe Rogan experience, <laughs> um, I, uh, like, look, I, I, I think if people want to still be cautious and I, yeah. I, and I'm talking like acceptably cautious, I'm not talking like, you know, don't seal yourself up in a bubble and, and never go outside <laughs> again. But if people want to be cautious, if people want to keep wearing masks, if people want to keep disinfecting their theaters just to be on the safe side, I don't think that that hurts anyone. And, and, you know, I agree that on some level, yeah, it could be for the sake of theater. It could be for the sake of like, showing people like look all the things we're doing but i would rather people do that than do yeah. absolutely nothing like i i feel like better safe than sorry is the is the motto here and uh you know i don't think if all movie theaters suddenly stop disinfecting in between each and every screening it's going to cause some sort of outbreak at this but at the same time if theater chains are like well we're going to keep doing it anyway I, you know, I, I don't have any problem with that. You know, if, if it, it makes, if it makes at least one person out there who's like <laughs> fucking afraid of all this and understandably afraid of those, you know, lots of people have died. If so, if this makes someone feel better, I, I see no problem with that. And, you know, just, just let people, just let people learn to relax is what I'm saying. We, we, we've all been through this. We've, we're coming out of a, a very surreal year. It's going to take a long time. I still, you know, even if, <laughs> even if we get to a point where we're, we're, we're like, all right, that's it. COVID is completely gone. We're still going to have to deal with the after effects of that, the trauma yeah. of dealing, of living through it. We're going to, you know, PTSD of it, if in a way we're going to have to, it's not going to be, we're not going to snap our fingers and everything's going to go back to normal again. So I, you know, that's a long way of saying I like to err on the side of caution. No, I, I, I totally get that. I was wondering, like, you mentioned wearing masks after COVID is gone. Like, CDC says the summer right. could could be it. Could be, you know, we don't have to worry about this particular <laughs> virus again. Will you still be wearing masks if you're, like, out in public? Because I, uh, I'm I not sure if I would or not. Like, I yeah. may if I'm, like, in an airport. Yeah, I guess it depends on where I am. Like, if I'm just going to, like, Target or something, I don't think I would wear a mask. But, yeah, if I'm getting on a plane again or, you know, uh, or somewhere, like, really crowded, like a train station or something, like, yeah, I probably might want to wear one just to be safe 
not just from COVID, but just germs in general. You know, I don't, you know, I, I didn't get a, and I feel like I've read that this happened to a lot of people, but like, this was one of the few years where I didn't get like anything even approaching a cold like this, that this past winter. And it's like, well, that's because one, I didn't really go anywhere. And two, when I did go somewhere, I was wearing a mask. So if, if I can avoid getting sick in general by wearing a mask in, in really crowded places, I, I might give it a try, but if it's like, you know, walking down the street to go to, you know, the, the brewery or something, I'm fine not wearing a mask. Yeah. I, I'm also curious us not going outside for a year and not being exposed to all these viruses and germs and stuff. Is that going to affect our immune systems going forward? Yes. They all mutated and they're all super uh, germs now. Oh we'll, no. We'll see. <laughs> Brad, what about you? Are, are, are like when this is done and over, are you ever are you gonna wear a mask again? Um, I mean, you know, that like this has definitely made me more cautious about that, and I think that it's it's not a bad idea to probably do it, you know, um, places like on a plane, like when you're in an enclosed space for a set of period of time with people where you don't know you know what's going through you know because I'm, I'm sure like a lot of us have had dealt with the fact of like getting sick after flying and stuff like that and um you know like the sundance flu and 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 that kind of thing so um i don't know i think i think it, this will probably change some habits but not necessarily dramatically um for me so maybe a little bit more cautious but not like all the time yeah i i know we de- derailed the podcast a little bit here but to bring things back to movie theaters, I guess my concern, Chris, is that the the people that work at movie theaters, they're already being spread very thin. And, you know, now with less movies and probably more people wanting to stay home and not go to the movies, uh, these theaters are going to be making less money and employing less people. And now those movie theater employees are not only going to have to do the concessions and clean up the place, but they got to now, you know... D- disinfect all the the seats i don't know I, I, if there's no scientific evidence of it like being a big thing that's I, I guess that's what i worry about but on the other side i agree with you like you know if it makes anybody feel more safe to go to the movie theaters then maybe that's a win i think so and yeah. uh, i think the solution is to build very intelligent robots to clean movie theaters and also <laughs> arm them with lasers <laughs> Just between every movie screening, like things come down from the ceiling and just spray all the seats and then yeah. uh, retract into the ceiling. And they also have lasers. So if someone's like talking, like the laser light will appear on their forehead and I'll be like, oh, I better stop talking during the movie. That's my solution to this whole problem. They'll yeah. make movie theaters better and it will scare people to death. <laughs> there, there was one time I was at CinemaCon. And they they developed this whole new system that was like this camera system that they put above the screen. And if you took out your phone, it it wasn't controlled by anybody. It was like all AI. It would shoot like a red laser at you. Oh, that's exactly what I was just saying. All right. It already exists. Someone stole my idea to scare people. But apparently it didn't catch on because that was probably five, six years ago at this point. I imagine it'd be very scary because you would think like, oh, my God, the predator is in this theater and he's targeting me. (laughs) Okay, let's move on to our final story. And that is Netflix is giving their biggest movie theater theatrical release yet. Uh, Brad, tell us about it. So if you like Zack Snyder and you like zombies, (laughs) you're going to love going to the theaters to see Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead. And you're going to have... 
probably a better chance than you have for uh, than any other Netflix movie that's been released in limited theaters because uh, it's actually getting a pretty decent sized uh, theatrical release this time, and that's largely because uh, Cinemark has opted in to participate in the theatrical release this time. They're one of the three major movie theater chains in the United States, along with AMC Theaters and Regal Cinemas. Uh, and Cinemark is letting Netflix show uh, the movie in a couple hundred um, of their screens, along with some other of the smaller theater chains like Alamo Drafthouse and whatnot. So if you thought Army of the Dead looked like a movie you wanted to see in theaters, you'll get your chance uh, one week before it comes out on Netflix. So go get that popcorn ready and get ready to watch Elvis and Tiger Zombies. Okay, I, I, I can feel the snark in there, Brad, but... No, no, I'm very excited for a zombie movie from Zack Snyder in theaters to okay, welcome the, people back. The reason why I wanted to talk about this, Brad, is I think this is monumental because this is Netflix... Monumental? Oh, my God. Is it not? <laughs> Netflix is giving the, the the widest release of a Netflix original movie, right? In, in theaters, and I'm wondering if this could be, you know... The start a sign of, of something thing- new. Yeah, could this be a sign of things to come? Was this the? And I'm also wondering. And I'm not sure if we have the information here, but I'm wondering: is this a result of the pandemic and movie theaters not having enough programming to lure audiences, and that is why uh, Cinemark is doing this, or is this something that Zack Snyder had in his contract of wanting a theatrical release, and you know he's a big enough filmmaker to demand that. So, I mean, the movie could have gotten a theatrical release regardless. The The big part of the story is Cinemark actually taking the time to participate. Um, I, I think it's probably a result of the pandemic, since even though movie theaters are opening up more and studios are starting to put some bigger movies into theaters uh, throughout the, the spring and summer, um, it's still not nearly as active as a normal blockbuster summer would be. So I feel like Cinemark has, has looked at their, their finances and thought, well, you know what, it would be great if we had a big movie to put in here who gives a shit if it's a netflix movie you know let's just do it especially since some of the other bigger movies that they're getting in theaters they already have to deal with the same problem anyway because they're movies that are going to hbo max the same day that they're in theaters so i feel like this is a way to at least bring in a little bit more box office money for cinemark um you know amc theaters and regal cinemas are still holding their ground and not doing this so uh, i wouldn't quite say that it's monumental i think it's progress and apparently both cinemark um, and Netflix ha- said that they hope to continue to work together in the future. But at the same time, I-, I feel like this is probably a scenario where we might start to see certain Netflix movies get a wider theatrical release like this, depending on how how big they are. But I don't think that we're looking at like a time when Netflix and these major movie theater chains are going to be playing nice all the time. Um, and you're not going to see, you know, every single Netflix movie suddenly get um you know a theatrical release um so it's it is a circumstantial thing yeah i think it's most i think it's mostly circumstantial i don't think it's going to be a game-changing kind of thing because movie theaters are still very much uh apprehensive about you know shortening the the theatrical exclusive window in any capacity i'm also wondering who would pay to go see a movie in theaters when it's going to be on netflix one week later like is Chris. I think I think that's why it depends on the movie, you know. Like, yeah, th- this is a movie where like you might want to see it on the big screen. You know, I-, I was being you know playfully cynical about this being you know a Zack yeah. Snyder movie. Dawn of the Dead is a legit good, um, you know, zombie flick, and so and this is something cool. So, uh, you know, I 
for example, I would have gone to see Mitchells versus the Machines in theaters if it was playing somewhere nearby um, before it arrived on on Netflix. Um, you know, I went to go see The Irishman in theaters before it arrived on on Netflix. So it's one of those things where it, I think it just depends on the movie and the person. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, I'm just curious to see if if, if any of the other exhibitors, you know, <laughs> if they're that that desperate to allow Netflix into, the, into their house. But we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Okay, anyways, that does it for today's Slash Film Daily. You can find more of all of our work at SlashFilm.com. You can find this podcast on Apple, Google, Overcast, Spotify, all the popular podcast apps. Please feel free to send your feedback, questions, comments, concerns to us at Peter at SlashFilm.com. And please rate and read this podcast on iTunes. Tell your friends. Spread the word. And we'll see you on Monday.